All right. Welcome to the Utah Jazz Podcast, um, where 50% of us show up on time and I show up 20 minutes late. Um, kind of just, you know, putting in a, in a, a Hassan Whiteside stay of work on this podcast. Oh, gosh. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> you're, uh, you're making French toast for the fam, Mark. I'm pretty sure that's like putting in an extra 15 minutes of Quinn Snyder video prep pregame. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. So in our house, um, hasn't always been this way. Back in the day, my contribution levels on the domestic and food front were very, very lame. Um, so I've been trying to be better lately. And one thing I own is breakfast. And I'll tell you, Doug, my kids, I mean, I tweeted out a picture of one of these the other day. I made like avocado toast and we had fresh fruit, um, which Kristen picked up, to be fair, there. And it was like raspberries, strawberries, and it, it, or raspberries and blueberries. And it looked gorgeous. And I, I, after our dad, um, our dad's way of art have become, I think, a fantastic fried egg maker, um, wow, make nice. really good breakfast burritos. And, um, you know, all these kind of savory things that try to make up for the fact that two of my kids of their own free will and choice with zero influence from me um, and diverging from my life practices have decided to be vegetarian, um, but they'll eat eggs. So I'm trying to get in protein, right? And yeah. then, um, so I do all these things and they are, my kids could not be more ho-hum, wake me up tomorrow about <laughs> any of these delicious breakfasts. Um, but if there's one thing they want every, every Saturday or Sunday morning is like, can we have pancakes? And I'm like, ugh. and for some reason, pancakes are easy, but I'm just like, I don't want to make this. I don't want to do it. So occasionally I indulge them. And whenever Kristen, like she'll make something on like a holiday or something. And it's always like amazing, like flat pancakes, like oven pancakes, like this cool oh. breakfast casserole. And then today I was like, God darn it. I'm going to blow these kids minds and make French toast, which I haven't done for a long time, which also turns out I'm not good at calculating the amount of time that it takes. And lastly, the reaction was tempered. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny because literally uh, like any morning where there's more time, I'm like Kylie, should, should I make French toast. And she's like, ah, no. she's not like super into French toast. <laughs> is there a reason like, that you and I grew up thinking French toast was great? <laughs> here's my real question, Mark. When, when you make French toast, is there like a calculated, like I'm putting this much milk, I'm cracking these many eggs, or do you just kind of go at it? Cause you've seen it. In the I past, think... that's the way I've done it. Okay. But to be honest, it had been long enough that I, I did a, a quick Google search. Oh, did you? First recipe. And it was to make four pieces of French toast, yeah. which is the lo which is the loneliest and saddest um, <laughs> French toast breakfast I've ever heard of. Right. So I, I did a quick doubling of it um, because, it, you know, I was going over three kids. And uh, so I did. I mean, I like it was like one tablespoon or teaspoon of vanilla extract. And, oh, you know, nice. I told you nice. kind of adding some extra there. That's smart. Yeah. I need to think about that next time. Maybe that'll be more tasty. <laughs> Um, it turns out it's a podcast about the jazz, but I mean, it's been that kind of last few weeks that guess what? You're going to hear about, uh, breakfast foibles. Um, but speaking of which we don't have a lot of time this morning, Doug, um, but we have stuff to talk about and, um, who knows the spirits of jazz fans to listen to this, maybe our, the game later today, um, against the pesky Timberwolves will help, but maybe it will also further thrust us into the throes of despair. And on that note, Tell us, Doug, 
as we like to talk about here, what the heck's happened the last couple of weeks? Right. And so our, our, our last podcast, we actually didn't talk about this because we were just in, in the throes. Um, and now I think we've, we've stepped back a little bit, Mark. We're, we're looking at this with a, a, a glass half full or yeah, not, not half empty, but um, I'm going to tell by you. By golly, the glass has something in it, right? I mean, it, it, there's something in there. Um, it. Yeah, there's at least a drip. Um, so here's, here's the month that was, Mark. I'm not going to go through every single game, but I'm just going to tell you the month that was January. Um, today is the last day of January. If you, Thank if you goodness. Looking at your calendar. Um, and the Jazz play the Timberwolves today. So we'll see. Um, that'll be the 16th game in January. So, so far we've played 15 games and the Jazz have lost 11 of them. Ouch. Um, they have lost, so they're um, 11 of 15. That That's four wins, um, if you're really counting. Um, guess what, Mark? That's a pretty tough stretch. <laughs> <laughs> People... I mean, if, if, Doug, if we were a... If we were a slightly higher budget podcast, so everyone, please, if you haven't yet, smash that uh, like and subscribe and five-star review uh, and share with your friends. I think you, we could have just said, what was the last two weeks and just done like an exploding sound emoji and like, <laughs> right. just, I don't know. <laughs> boom, 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 or boom. Not emoji sound effect. Goodness. Here it is. We're, we're channeling our inner David Locke and we are going to make the sound effects ourselves. <laughs> But um, so, Mark, we're looking at ourselves. We're like, oh, right. The Jazz are championship contenders, aren't they? And then this past month, we're like, oh, uh, maybe they're not. Um, seems like we need to trade the whole team and move to Seattle um, is what we're all considering. <laughs> it's a little bit rainier there. But um, turns out, Mark, we've had a ton of injuries. So I'm going to give you the demarcation um, starting okay. January 4th. So let's put a little asterisk next to all the games after January 4th. So before January 4th, um, so we're going to say after the game on January 3rd, the Jazz were 27 and 10, um, which was a great place. We were all enjoying Take life. me back, man. New Year's resolutions were still intact, hopefully. Um, and then Joe Ingles and Rudy Gobert get COVID. Um, and that was really the start of people missing games because of COVID, Donovan Mitchell getting wrecked by Russell Westbrook and getting a concussion, um, a myriad of things that happen after you get COVID, potentially people, um, who knows, are they having breathing problems? I mean, they're professional athletes, but humans too. So I'm going to say um, since that point, the Jazz are 10 of 13. Um, so we've won three games, two of which were against the Nuggets, which we shouldn't feel bad about. I mean, 10 of 13 in the loss column. <laughs> right. I said we won three games. Didn't I say that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, 10. I mean, we're talking about losses here, Mark. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> and achieving the goal of losing. Yeah. 10 of 13. Hi, Marks. Um, but we've also, then we played some of the worst teams in the league and lost to them. And we played some of the best teams in the league and also lost to them. It was a life. Um, but I'm just, I'm, um, this is, if it doesn't sound like it, it's, if it's glass half full, um, we've had a lot of injuries and we've only had, so since, um, January 4th, 
the Jazz have played two games with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. No, no games at full strength, um, but two games with those two together, and they're one and one. And it was really a game and a half because it, the second game was the Laker game where Donovan got concussed, even though he played the rest of the game. Um, so I'm going to say the Jazz have one win in their full game where they've had Donovan and Rudy healthy. And, I'm, you know, I'm not feeling too bad about the month anymore. And that was the Nuggets game, right? Am I right? That was the Nuggets game. Yeah, the, the second Nuggets game. The second Nuggets game, which was the, the night of our last podcast, which at the time you were like, we're back. That was a great game. It felt like people defended on the perimeter. Um, it felt like, you know, the, those guys took the Rudy challenge, whether you like that challenge or not. Um, right. We can yeah. see our last podcast episode with Logan Cox, which was fantastic. And you might not have listened to it because you've been in a bad mood, but just do it. It'll be good. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the thing, Doug. I mean, the way you, the way you broke it down, it's hard not to make an effort to break it down that way and feel like I'm being again, to maybe use a lock term that he likes to say Pollyanna or a Homer. And if you want to wonder if people will think that you are, you could break it down that way on a little um, app on your phone called Twitter. And the, the, the mob will come after you about how real championship teams don't do this, yada, yada. And the truth is, in the history of the NBA, championship teams have not done this because this is an anomalous NBA season. I mean, yeah. it's such been such a wild month. I remember I was making jokes at the beginning, not to make light of COVID, but when, um, when Doak and Rudy and Hassan all had COVID and, and we played the Cavs, who yeah. have three seven-footers, my pre-Twitter joke, not kind of like musing, using was, um, well, it's kind of fun if you think about it that all of our big guys seem to hang out, you know? They're friends, right. like the yeah. big guy room. Yeah. They all got sick at the same time. So that's kind of fun. To which Hu Tran, host of Fitting the High Notes, responded and said, or they all make out with the same people, which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> which is also <laughs> could be true. <laughs> it also could be true. And, uh, and there we were just, you know, merry musings along. And man, I mean, it felt like the Lakers game was the be- was the threshold tipping point of jazz fans losing their minds. And since then, if it's been death, despair, and destruction, and understandably so, because we all hate the Lakers, Doug. We hate the Lakers. But they're yeah. the worst. And guess what's even worse? Russell Westbrook doing stuff on the Lakers. So he dunks on Rudy. Everybody in jazz is like, well, that's an offensive foul. And let's be honest, they don't call that as an offensive foul, but it was. And, um, and then it turns out, like, we're like, well, this team has no heart. They're Charmin soft. One of my favorite people on Twitter says this um, afterward, who I, whose opinion I respect a lot, Brian Priest, shout out um, to Jazz Pod Co-op. I love that, Sherman stuff. Yeah, and I was like, how can I argue with this, Brian? And then to your point, we find what out is- the next day, Donovan Mitchell was concussed in the second half, to which people kind of poo-poo a little bit. And then, Doug, we're weeks away, and he still hasn't come back to play a game from that concussion, so maybe it was a severe one. Which happens to be his second concussion in the past calendar year. Hugely important point. Yeah, totally. And 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 if in that game, he he had a bit of a absent knowing that befuddling fourth quarter. I remember watching that in the third quarter that I thought the Jazz took over. He was great. 
I don't, I don't remember exactly the timeline of him being concussed in the second half. And I don't know how this affects a human brain. Like, like, are you fine for a little bit? Are you not? Are you in and out? But so it's like, wait, if we just lay all the facts on the table again, are we being Pollyanna to say, well, maybe that wasn't such a bad loss. And the Lakers were on a four game losing streak at home. They still have arguably the best basketball player in the history of the sport. And, like, and it's still at the, like at historic levels too. Yeah. And, and guess what? Russell Westbrook at this stage in his career plays good once every five to nine games. I don't know. And he hadn't played good in like 12 games. So the fact that he had a little bit of a better game, look, it's, it's been dark. I will say Doug, you know, maybe three games ago um, in what I would call Hassan Whiteside's least good performance um, perhaps of the season in the first half against Phoenix at home, after they just put up a good showing against Phoenix on the road, I might've been at my low. I might've tweeted some regrettable things about cutting Hassan Whiteside from the team um, to which guess what, Doug? And it's like, and like his effort looked abysmal and then they kind of pushed back and they got in and he had a very unfortunate end to that game um, where he got called for a bad offensive foul an even worse technical and the game was over. And guess what? Um, after the game, Hassan, they interviewed him and he's like, look, man, I had COVID for two weeks. I felt terrible. I was in my basement. Now my kid is sick and I'm a human being. And I felt kind of dumb for, for criticizing him after that, because guess what? The want to know why I was in such a bad mood. I had kind of a bad day and guess what? He's had a like way worse (laughs) a couple weeks. weeks. Here I am like yelling at him and like, I'm not going to apologize for Hassan Whiteside's effort. Sometimes it's not always good, but here's the other funny thing about that. Like explain to me why I'm such a, a, a dumb bum on Twitter criticizing him, Doug, what was his plus minus at the end of the game? It was plus 11. So when they, oh. when he was in the game, they were actually winning. And here's dumb me on Twitter, ignoring all context and facts, just being like, be better. And uh, so I don't know. I mean, I don't know how, like, here's, can I, this is what I want you to tell me how you feel about, because yeah. the thing that makes me nervous, the thing that makes me nervous, which I think is justified, is that losing can snowball, bad vibes can be contagious, dumb rumors from the Rick Bukers of the world, who, by the way, I don't respect at all. And he's been spitting out stupid crap about the jazz since the Darren Williams era. Or, um, or like Brian Windhorst. Or, or like Brian Windhorst, who we all we have established on this podcast has a career solely because he TMZ'd LeBron um, to beginning and just followed him around like a paparazzi. Uh, so I don't like the, the, the thing that makes me nervous is they just lose it, lose the edge, lose the confidence and lose the confidence in the group. I mean, there's been a post-game interview where someone, I think it was Andy Larson, was like basically asking Quinn if he thought he'd lost the locker room a little bit, to which Quinn got really mad. And so that, that's the thing is just, look, they fell to fourth from third. I mean, the, the thing is they fell from striking distance to two or one to now not. But yeah. they're, still, they're fourth in the West. They're right in the middle of it. And uh, all kinds of context clues tell us that maybe we shouldn't put too much emphasis on this, but do, at what point, I mean, do you like, how nervous are you that like, they're just not going to be able to come back and, and click in? Well, and I think that's a good question. I, I, I kind of spilled my own secrets on, on Twitter the other day by saying that like, spe- especially during this losing streak, 
Um, I've just kind of been been assuming the worst. Like if it's a close game, I'll jump on in the fourth quarter. But then I just watch it the next set, and I think, what you know, what's like we lost. Um, we've got these injuries. People are sick. Brain injuries, calf injuries. Um, middle of the season. And I guess, like, what are the pluses and minuses here? I saw an interesting tweet, um, which is going to go with my point from Jeremiah Jensen um, at JJ Sportsbeat. So the Utah Jazz lost 10 of 12 games, 12 games, which I just said 10 of 13 since Joe and Rudy got COVID. But 10 of 12 for the first time since 2017, 2018. Um, And that was when the team responded, winning 21 of 23 games. And they won their first round series. Um, and he said, let's hope the Jazz team can have a similar turnaround. But I don't know. Do we need to sign an injured um, Ricky Rubio to, to get his eyebrow bashed out again so that they go on this 21 to 23 run? I'm, here's, here's my thing, Mark. Obviously, like, and Kylie always makes fun of both of us for this. But our, We're saying here's uh, my thing or for... Oh, no, for our optimism positive. on yeah. this. <laughs> um, but the... The thing is, they they lost 10 to 12 games then, and they didn't have any crazy injuries. This time, yeah. we're we're in the dumps. Um, I think we're finding out a lot of interesting things. I'm I'm gonna say this here's my glass half full Marcus Cincy um tweet. Turns out it helps to have a dude or two in the rotation who are playing for a contract. It's I I I think then this may be we're leaking into segment two here. Are we leaking in? Is this an official leak? I think we're there. I think we oh, made it. Welcome. Welcome to segment <laughs> two. Um, I, 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 I'm just going to give you this glass half full because um, that's what I'm feeling right now this morning. Maybe that's not what you or I were feeling a couple days ago, but I'm sitting here um, and that's what I'm feeling. And I think and I think you might have tweeted this too, but now I'm just a. Uh, I don't have that in front of me, but this, this is just this is just adding this to the story. I, I um, and people make fun of this podcast for it, but um, I'm still not in the dumps and despair yet because of everything that I said in segment one. Um, I think there's just a ton of factors. I, this has literally been the plan, whether it's been forced or not forced that the Jazz are trying to prepare for the postseason. So we knew going in preseason, Quinn Snyder, Justin Zanuck, everyone's saying, Mike Conley, you know, we're going to maybe like take some regular season games off. They didn't say that like word for word, but that's what they meant. Um, and we're, we're working to the playoffs. Guess what? Like you said, we're still the fourth seed. So after this terrible um, 30 days, um, um I, I woke up this morning, brushed my hair, and I'm feeling good. Your hair looks great. Um, I think this is the freshest you've looked on one of these in a while. Not that you haven't looked fresh. It's just something about the light. I don't know. Like You, you uh, just came on here like a beacon. I actually have the light off, so maybe it's like the, the glow uh, of the laptop. Is, gotcha. You know. Listen, Doug, you just slid that half, half full glass to me across the table. I'm pushing it back to the middle, and I'm saying top me up a little bit to three-quarter because you got me feeling pretty good, and I'm even yeah. more optimistic. Here's the thing, like, it, I want a big heavy caveat that this month has sucked. This month Terrible. has been awful. Yeah. Nothing about it is 
good in the broader sense. Like I don't want to live through it ever again in terms of fandom. And I don't want anybody to think that I'm saying the jazz are necessarily better off or that it's no big deal. It's been bad. If you are in despair, that's fine. But I have, I have come around and here's, here's what I think um, to what, to what you're saying is yeah. Seating at this point, like I, this is another one of those back and forth. I had with someone where I think I was, I was being rational that maybe I'm rational with a splash of optimism, which is if we finish fifth and we play and we play Dallas, I'm not that fussed, Doug. What's the difference? Like I, I, at this point right now, we're not going to be first. And David yeah. Locke did this whole podcast thing where he's like, if we're not first, we just need to not be seventh and not be in the play-in. And I tweeted about that too, because that's kind of a ridiculous concept. And I don't totally agree with it, but I yeah. also don't hate it. Um, because like, look, if we're sixth and we're playing the third seed, do we not think we can go beat Memphis on the road? I guess I do. I mean, maybe I'm done. Memphis has been fantastic this year, but like if we do, then in the second round, there is literally no difference than if we were the third seed. We, we'd be playing the second seed on the road. So if we don't think we can go beat Memphis on the road in the first round at full strength, and if we don't think we can beat Dallas on the road at, um, as the five or the four or whatever at full strength, we're not a championship contender. What are, what are we even talking about here? I, yeah. I, I think we're one of the three best teams in the West. Now, those teams are all really good. I mean, it'd be scary. I would much rather have home court. But like I, at, at this point, just the way the standings sit now, if we stayed exactly where we are, I would rather that than be the third seed because I would rather in the first round play Dallas with home court advantage and then in the second round take my chances with Phoenix because I think Golden State's better than them. Personally, Phoenix yeah. is great. You might not think that. Um, any rational no, person might I, not. I think but I just think there's like um, not a dime's worth of difference between the Phoenix Suns and the Golden State Warriors on the road. And I, I just like our matchup versus the Phoenix Suns a little better. And then we play the Golden State Warriors in the second round. Fine. If we were to fall to six, though, and, and we play, say, Memphis in the first round, um, it's going to be a d- tough series. Uh, but I think, I think the Jazz are a better team and a more experienced team. And in the playoffs, I think that matters a lot. Let's, let's go get them second round. Okay, let's play Golden State. We're going to have to play them in some round anyways, I think, probably. Uh, I'm just not that fussed if we're healthy. Ah, Doug, I'm, I'm like the thing that would make me worried, and this could very well happen, is that we're in the four or five against Denver, um, and I or or the Clippers, who I you know still scare me from a matchup perspective. But look, we could we could fight our way up to the three. Um, oh, Mark, if, you, if you're living in two and play them, if you're living in January though, we're two and zero against the Nuggets. We've got that. That's number. right. We, we, like, <laughs> as long as Bogey's healthy, which is another reason to be worried, is that he he's maybe not. But here's the other thing, Doug, is that I thought at the beginning of this slew of January mess, I thought we were losing effort games. You know, I don't think that's I'm breaking news to anybody, but it felt like we were losing games because we've had poor effort on the on the perimeter um, defense in particular and on not just not moving the ball on offense. Yeah. And my sense really in the last several games, the two Phoenix games in particular, um, the Memphis game, the game that I went to in in San Francisco against the Warriors. Oh, man, I think we need to talk to that a little bit. We'll talk to that a little bit more. But to me, none of those. In fact, Doug, I would lump the Lakers loss in there, too, especially with Donovan Mitchell's concussion. None of those are effort losses, in my opinion. I think 
they've gotten better. I think guys have been defending. I think we found some stuff in Eric. Like I, we already knew the Eric Pascal thing, frankly, every time that guy touches the ball, the first time he's in the game, he puts his shoulders to the basket and he goes and gets a layup or gets fouled. And I, I, I love it. And he needs to play more. I think house has played hard on defense and he needs to get a contract and play more and might be the type of guy that we've been talking about getting by a trade. Yeah. Um, but we've lost these games because of talent. Like that's, just, I just don't understand how, like, this is the one thing with fans where I'm like, I get it. It'd be cool if they won without him. I saw somebody say we won games without John Stockton with Carl Malone all the time or something like that. I was like, do you guys realize those guys played almost every game <laughs> their entire time in Utah? What are you even talking about? Right. <laughs> Here's the thing. Um, like, sure, they might have or whatever and some things, but do we think like, do we think Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert are all NBA players? I mean, I, they are that level. And so if they're not there, you're going to lose some games because of talent. And to your point on watching the next day, I watched that Phoenix Hassan Whiteside game the next day, the fourth hmm. quarter again. And I, I just, I just had a hard time being so fussed about it afterward. Like you're saying, like, man, they played hard. Mike Conley wanted that. He played great. Hassan made some big plays at the end. I thought that offensive foul was kind of a dumb call. I did think the guy kind of jumped out. It was a dumb thing to push him. It was way worse to get a technical, probably yeah. as soon as they called the foul, the game's over anyways. So who knows if the technical matters, but do you know what they didn't have? They didn't have Rudy Gobert setting screens and they didn't have Donovan Mitchell. And to go to my, my Warriors game experience at the end of that game, Doug, I mean, it had highs, it had lows. I tweeted after one of these games that that was a half and at gets it who I really like on Twitter was like, we cried, we laughed, we felt something or whatever. I mean, it's been that kind of a thing that Warriors game at the end, those last, once Rudy went out with like two and a half minutes left, we can't create a shot because we don't have him setting screens and we don't have Donovan to break down the dribble. And the fact that we were a, a three point and a tip basket away, that's a heck of an effort in my opinion. And it's a team that played with a lot of heart. And this is my last part of my rambling. I think that the skill level of this team, it's a, it's a skill set is a unique kind of skill set. And we're a very, um, you know, finely precise team that when it's clicking, it moves the ball, it shoots. We don't have a lot of nasty. And I think a lot of us would like nasty, but I think like, if you watch Boyan Bogdanovich and think he's not trying, you're wrong. He is trying really hard. If you watch all these dudes, like I don't, I don't see absent some Hassan Whiteside stretches where he just shouldn't be playing that many minutes. Anyways, I think they've been playing hard. I think they've been defending better on the perimeter. And if that can translate bringing back, our two all NBA players, our two future hall of fame players are like two of the best five basketball players that have ever played for the franchise. We'll be okay. And, and we will be a contender. We won't just be okay. We'll be a contender. And the question to me is, will we just fall back into the old habits though with those guys where Rudy's back? So we're not defending anymore and Don's in. So we're just going to hand it to him at the end of the game. And if we do that, we, we have real problems. And, and if, and if, Quinn just goes back to, sorry, Eric Pascal, you're not playing anymore. Sorry, um, Daniel House, you're not playing anymore because we have our full lineup and Joe's going to play 32 minutes. We're going to have problems. So, I mean, but I think they've found some solutions and they can melt it all together and maybe they're a move or two to, to come as well. But, you know, we're, we're one of the best five teams in the NBA when we're healthy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I I think that was beautiful, Mark. I think I, I, I want to take a little bit of credit for filling your cup and bringing you to that point to give that beautiful, like, soliloquy to the jazz. Um, but I think you're spot on. I think 
um, like thinking about the um, the Warriors game and especially the I, I feel like the first Phoenix game was where um, we didn't know the first Phoenix game was where they sat like every single starter and it was either like COVID or rest or something like that and that game was fun I mean like if they're and obviously like you were at the um, Warriors game which was fun but like that was there was three and a half quarters where Trent Forrest was doing work and it was it was fun um and by the end of that game I was like the whole time and this is my own pessimism but the whole time I knew we were going to lose in the end because like you said it's talent it was an effort um but it was just it was just fun to watch that game and that game I actually did watch live I watched that whole game live um I was like you know what we're figuring this out. Um, I think I have like all the speculation. So I guess as, as, as we finish off our um, second segment here, Mark, I'm just wondering, um, say everyone's back and healthy um, and we've got our normal seven man rotation. So the five starters, um, Joe and um, Jordan, um, but now we've learned these things. Um, well, I mean, obviously we've got Hassan, but we've got Daniel House, Eric Pascal, and Trent Forrest, who three dudes who I feel like have upped, in my eyes, they've definitely upped their stock. Um, are you taking away minutes um, from Joe, Royce, Mike? Like, obviously Mike's playing like 25 to 30 minutes a game. He's not like, we're keeping him healthy because he's been awesome. Um, but who do you see those guys taking minutes from? I'd love it to be matchup dependent. I, yeah. I get that that's not a normal NBA thing and that's not a Quinn thing. And he wants players to be creatures of habits and they don't alter rotation. So I already feel a subset of smarter NBA analysts than me yelling at me about this. But uh, Joe Ingles. Joe Ingles, Jordan Clarkson, and you just said it now, and I didn't really think about it before, probably Royce O'Neal, who has a huge burden. Why not? Like, can't, like, there is a game, there are games, I actually think Joe Ingles' effort since the Lakers game has been really good. And I think Dan Clayton gave a really good tweet thread that shows all the, a bunch of clips of him actually playing good defense. And he makes a, he makes business decisions all the time to stop in, in a play where he's lost the, any, semblance of hope of stopping somebody and it looks bad but on the whole he plays good defense his transition defense not so much but I think I think he's been better offensively and I think they've benefited from that um so I I'm not I would not bury Joe Ingles I just think he doesn't need to play the same amount of healthy dose of minutes and I I you know I love Jordan Clarkson I but if if he doesn't if if it gets to a point where he's not going and he's stopping the ball, then just bring him out for a little bit. And I, I think House can play um, a facsimile of what uh, Royce does in, yeah. at times, so he could take minutes there. He he can play um, defensively what what Joe would do and spacing and shooting. He's not going to create on offense, but if we've got like there, there are a couple lineups I tweeted out that I would love to see that also maybe involve Elijah Hughes um, or, but I I just would like to see us when we go um, small with the second unit with Donovan Mitchell 
and have like a lineup that's like got um, either Forrest or uh, like, let's say it was Rudy Gay. I, this, these are the two lineups. I think I can do them off of memory. One was Donovan, Trent Forrest, Daniel House, Bogdanovich, and Rudy Gay. I would love to see that lineup. Oh, yeah. Um, I didn't even say Rudy Gay. I, I just have like 12 dudes that should be playing. Yeah, I mean, I just would love to see that lineup because I think that's only one non-shooter in Forrest. And that's all dudes who can guard their yard a little bit. Um, and you've got Bogey with dynamic scoring, Donovan with dynamic scoring, House to space, and Rudy Gay, who who can be dynamic as well from the post or whatever. I would love to see that. Or I would love to see a lineup of Donovan, um, Jared Butler, um, which I'm back on the give him some minutes, uh, House, Bogdanovich, and Pascal. Um, or Gay and Pascal, in which because yeah. Eric, who's actually shooting like 50% from three or something over the last few weeks, but yeah. not not a shooter who's going to command the same kind of gravity. So maybe he's the kind of non-shooter, but then you've got, but he's dynamic and creating offense anyways. And you have, I get those. We've really struggled defensively without a traditional big in the lineup, but I feel yeah. like the, the, there just haven't been that many minutes. I'd like, I'd like to see those. But yeah, Doug, I I think those guys. I think I think Joe could play a little bit less, and depending on the matchup in the playoffs, he could play more or less. And right. uh, and I just think Jordan's been carrying a bigger burden than he he needs to carry. Oh, I mean, like the past what, like two weeks with Donovan out, he's been like whether he's hot or cold, he's offense, you know. Yeah, and I, like like um, that, that Phoenix game, first half, second half is another one where it's like he's really feels like he's really hurting us in the first half, and then feels like he was the the, the only reason the, the only second. reason we were in it in the second yeah. half and I, I mean sarah todd tweeted this and i i which by the way a cool cool thing was meeting sarah in person for the first time at, at the warriors game oh nice i didn't know that yeah, yeah she was there we went over and her and tony and eric were all there and she came over and we chatted for a little while and um so that was fun but um the she said this in a tweet and i've like the, the jazz hot potato went back to Jordan all the time. And it happened a bunch in that game. I was there watching it. I was just like, I'm like, what is he supposed to do yeah. if he passes it to somebody else? And they're just like, no, thanks. Oop, right back to you. Right. So I don't know if that's schematics or whatever, or a Quinn message. Um, but yeah, Doug, I mean, those are the, like, I just think, I think house, maybe Hughes even um, I get, he's maybe further away and more break in case of emergency, but I wouldn't mind it. But house, Pascal, um, both need to take some some JC and and some Joe time, which is yeah. wild because those guys were first and second and sixth man of the year last year. But I, I just think that makes sense. Can I throw one stat just so I have one stat out here for you that I noticed last night? I want to hear it. The Jazz are shooting. I, I actually thought that this discrepancy would be better, but they're shooting three less threes a game than last year, and they're making two percentage points less. Um, hmm. Uh, when's the last time we got 50 attempts up? Uh, oh, I just, that's the one thing on the offense. I just want to keep a little, once everybody's back and Rudy's screening again and Donovan's there, I just want us to shoot the ball more. Like right now, Minnesota attempts more threes a game than us, our opponent today. And Golden State's right on our heels. Whereas, uh, whereas last year we attempted three more threes a game than the next closest team. I just think we got to get up some, I, I, I don't know. I, that's just one thing. I like that. What, where's the 20, 50, 50? That's what I'm saying. You know, it I, feels I, like we haven't made 20 in a long time and it feels like we're not getting up 
50 and it, we're not moving. I get teams are switching us more. So that sort of forces you into like an off the bounce three rather than like the pass, pass, pass three, maybe that, that we get when we're breaking people down the blender, but I don't know. Something I noticed. Yeah, I like that. I guess to put segment one and two in a bow, Please. tie it in a bow. Um, the past month has sucked, right? It's been terrible. Um, we've learned that we've got some dudes that can play good minutes. Um, so we've learned some stuff. A healthy jazz is a happy jazz. And here's Jordan Clarkson to send it off with a kiss. He said, it's going to take a little second, but once we get rolling again, we're going to rack up a bunch of wins and be right where we want to be for the playoffs. JC, out. We're like this, Mark. No one, only you and me are seeing this, but JC says everyone's like this. They think that the Jazz are like this, but they're really just like this. That was just for you to see. Um, if you know, you know, listeners. Um, <laughs> it was but, beautiful. Yep. Okay. Let's go. Social media. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm going to rip a couple because I just yeah. did one. Um, at Mark Twos and Threes. Tomorrow, I'm going to start eating better. Not sure how I can make discipline of the jazz and not have it myself, you know? I thought that was really funny. <laughs> um, from, mixed results. Mixed results since then. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm, I mean, I'm sure your French toast was with like gluten-free bread or something like that. I didn't, like, I didn't whole, eat it. I'm going to have a grain. Greek yogurt later. <laughs> so. Nice. Okay. From John underscore Kiefer. The Jazz are, are an elite team and are dealing with injuries. The Jazz are an elite team and are dealing with injuries. The Jazz are an elite team and are dealing with injuries. Sorry. I had to remind myself um, every so often. thought that was funny. Um, and I agreed. Uh, okay, the this is from Dad Shamadad, Shamdad, Dad Sham. Yeah, Greg Foster. Uh, Love um, it's past time the Jazz turned this Daniel house into a Daniel home. That was good, and honestly, all the house home. He's in the house. The house is on fire. I, I do we not just sign him just for that alone? I mean, he's it's fantastic. I'm all in on it. Yeah. Um, two more. Donovan Mitchell wearing um, shirts and sweats that say market on it really big. Um, the joke was from the East Coast, Mark, you already alluded to it, but um, that Donovan, if the Jazz lose in the first round, wants to go to a big market a la New York Knicks, which I still think is silly because they thought that Frank Nielakino was a better prospect than him. Real quick, um, Doug, just real quick on like, spare me a 60 yep, second aside. Take it. If the rumor is that if Donovan decides to leave, he'll be interested in going to New York or Miami, that is the dumbest news ever. Guess who else is kind of interested in moving those if their job, current job doesn't work out? Me. If the, if the rumor is if the Jazz are a first-round exit, then Donovan might request a trade to New York. If the Jazz are a first-round exit, I'm going to request a trade to the Knicks, Doug. Like, the, the, like what is this? And, and, and the, the, that he's going to go to the Knicks to solve his first-round exit problems? Give me a break. All right. Yeah, that's it. I mean, like, I just sort of refuse in year one of his long max contract that he just got with us to entertain these dumb rumors. And when people say, why doesn't he say anything? If I were him, I'd be like, don't ask me this dumb stuff. Of, I don't know what I'm going to do 
six months from now, let alone three years from now. Right now, I'm trying to win a championship. Anyways, that's and which is Love basically it. what he said, and I liked it. I yep. Uh, and the last thing was just a uh, um, from Gabriel Bodily. Uh, Bodily, yeah. And it was a side by side of Boyan and Andrew Wiggins stats, which are almost identical. And Andrew Wiggins is an All Star star. That's it. I've had mixed emotions about this because I, I it's not like I want to like be the type of person who's like trashing on somebody all the time, especially Andrew Wiggins, who like great story in that he has really worked hard to become a really good player. And I think would have been deserving probably of an all-star reserve spot, but what a, what a, what a world we live in where a, a K-pop star, um, a Korean pop star tweeting out things incessantly because they've got to deal with the team to vote for somebody might've just resulted in him being an all-star starter instead of Rudy Gobert or Draymond, yeah. who I would have been fine with too on his team. Like, the cool thing about the all-star voting in case people missed it though, is that the way they do it now, it's a mix of fan voting, player voting and media voting. And Rudy would have made it by the player vote. And the media vote, I think. And the media vote. But that's like, that part's less, less surprising yeah. to me. Like the, in the media vote, he, he got 65 votes to Andrew Wiggins four. Uh, I mean, and that guy started like he, Rudy was really high, but the player, it's always like players bagging on Rudy. I mean, the, they acknowledged he should have been an all-star starter this year. Anyways, all right, let me, I know we got to wrap this thing up. So okay. here's, here's a, um, two. So I, I don't even have the tweet handy. So I'm just going to say um, Ken Clayton, who, who was always super measured. I feel like anytime I'm like having a crazy take, Ken Clayton will like respond and be like, well, it wasn't, you know, this, that context, rational, reasonable, yada, yada. And then I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, fine. Um, but he, he, he often tweets about the jazz travel schedule. And yeah. so I don't remember the specifics, but in January, it was something like they never slept in the same room, like two nights in a row. Right. It was aside from the really hard teams they played and all the injuries, it was a heinous travel schedule. And after this Minnesota game starts a stretch in February where they're, it's something like they're sleeping in the same place two nights in a row, almost every time. Like they don't have these one night travel things. And uh, so there's that too, you know, I mean, yeah. these are people, the NBA schedule is wild and that's weird. Okay. Completely unrelated to jazz one, other than the fact that it was tweeted by uh, Clark Schmutz, who's a friend of the pod and a friend of our sister and a friend of jazz Twitter. Oh, gee, he retweeted this amazing thing. It's by this person called at Eli Estender 10 Giles Paley Phillips. No clue. It says Canadian photographer, Francis Brunel, searches and photographs similar people who are not related to each other he currently has photographed about 200 doppelgangers have you seen this no but i actually weirdly did get into a doppelganger like youtube sphere like a couple months ago but keep going that's wild no i just i mean here's the thing um can i can i share my screen uh do you see my screen do you see this uh -huh. two people oh uh, not yet uh do you see it now it's coming up. Oh, yeah. Look at these people. These are unrelated. I mean, this is great podcasting right now. This guy's one's balding, one's not, but their noses are like exactly the same in their face. Wow. Anyways, uh, I just thought that was so cool. I was like really like planning all day to find like a picture of Harry Kane, for famous English footballer, and you to like do it like a side by side for and then retweet this. And I just haven't 
Should we should we screenshot the podcast right now and just like put a square of Harry Kane underneath this too? (laughs) Maybe. Anyways, that that just kind of made me happy. Um, So that's it. I like that. Yeah. Um, And I guess if we have an N one or N one, Tom Brady Tom Brady may or may not be pulling uh, Gordon Hayward. He might be retiring. Um, Question mark. Um, Uh, Per Adam Schefter, he's retiring. Yeah. Context backdrop, this is a sports fandom take that I'm about to say. Tom Brady's probably the greatest quarterback to ever play football. Um, but if Von Miller sent him out, that would make me happy. Yep, I agree. I know you said you're you're loyal to your Bay um, as far as the teams that are playing today. Um, or to, oh, yeah. to Northern California. We, th- this, is, this is actually the most complex. Like that Von Miller, if Von Miller won a Super Bowl, that, that would be the – it's not quite Carl Malone playing for the Lakers because I don't feel about the Rams that way. Um, right. But I'm I want I want the Niners to win because it's always NorCal over SoCal in this house. But the silver lining would be if Von Miller won a Super Bowl again, which he and has then been, comes back to the Broncos, and then comes that's, back to the Broncos. That's, that's I think that's his plan in my along with Tyler Huntley and hopefully not um, throw Rogan Aaron Rodgers. I, yeah, we can get into it later, but I'm. 38-year-old Aaron Rodgers makes me nervous as if that's right. I, I was like kind of excited for a little bit about the new head coach hire. And then I was like kind of nervous. Like, could we not actually try to get Russell Wilson or Tyler Huntley? I'm, yeah. I'm I'm I mean, look, if he comes, he'll probably be revitalized. We have a lot of weapons. We'll, I'll, you know, I'll talk myself into it, but we'll, we'll right. see how it goes. All right. This was fun. I know you got to run. Um, this is twos and threes. Hey, uh, basketball season marches on. Uh, optimism about february that's what i'm gonna say yeah i feel like this like blow of intense and like happiness towards jazz fandom right now yeah man hey why 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 are we gonna be so mad all the time right right be happy all right uh twos and threes boom boom